Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Soul Deep In. I did change the name of the podcast. My name is Elizabeth Anna and I wanted to, one, say that I did change the name of the podcast and to not be surprised if I change it again in the future. I, one of the reasons that it took me really long to even start this other than, you know, my overthinking and wanting to perfect something that should never be perfected was that I wanted a name that really resonated with me. And so I decided this resonated, but now I kind of realized that every episode I call it so deep in and then whatever topic I'm talking about. And so I thought, yeah, maybe so deep in makes a lot more sense. But anyways, not about that. Just wanted to put that out there as the name has changed. But uh, today I have a very, very special guest my dear husband who i am so happy to say after harassing him for pretty much every day in the last week because i wanted to start bringing in guests but i really did want him to be my first guest on the episode because my kids said no and even though i have other people that have agreed uh i wanted that experience of bringing him into what i'm doing and so he finally said yes and today we have a conversation that is a listener's request she actually named our request the soul request and the question is about relationships when is settling considered good and when is it bad and so we go back and forth and uh we go into other details of relationships and we share a little bit about our own relationship and we had mic trouble so there was a whole segment that got like completely cut off but I think that the pieces that stayed made sense so rather than start all over we were just like let's leave it <laughs> um and that's the idea of this is this is raw it's unedited it's it's just real and so mic trouble because I didn't charge them but now I know for next time I will charge it so I do hope you enjoy the podcast and as always you feel free to send us any messages feedback or any soul requests that you may have until next week have a great day bye-bye hello everyone today i bring you a very special guest my wonderful and dear husband honey introduce yourself yeah how you doing my name is emmy saw Thank you for uh, allowing me a little bit of time on this podcast. Thank you for joining us. So I wanted him to be my official first guest since for as long as we've been together, he's supported so many of my ideas and just been there for the ride or in the trenches with me. And uh, I really have no idea how to do a podcast with a guest. So excuse any awkwardness that may come. We did receive a few questions. And I also have the game, we're not really strangers here for couples. So I think that we might start with one of our listener questions about relationships and then either pull out the game or see where it goes from there. Let's do this. All right. So one of the questions that was asked by one of our listeners is about relationships. Uh, When is settling considered good and when is it bad? This to me, I get to kick it off? Of course. You are the guest. All right. Let's repeat that question one more time. (laughs) Okay. When is settling considered good and when is it bad in relationships? 
in relationships i think when um when you've determined and i think this takes a um some time to determine really what you want out of a relationship so and by no means am i an expert at this but i think when you think of like you know i want certain things out of a relationship and you meet somebody and you don't get those things and you decide to like i think i'm gonna just you know figure it out or maybe i can make these things happen i think that's when it's a bad time um to consider settling you know because you know there's got to be like a certain amount of uh you know items that you want out of a relationship and you shouldn't settle i'm not going to say you're going to get all of them you're not going to meet that that perfect um partner but i think they should check most of your boxes right before you you decide to like say hey for sure this is you know all i'm gonna get i'm gonna be fine that's when i think you need to start you know considering um making a move or maybe the the items that you have on your list are like so overwhelmingly great you know i guess there's two ways to look at it right like maybe those things are so overwhelmingly great, you decide to settle but i don't think it's ever good because those things at the end come back to to haunt you that's the way i think of it anyways well, my therapist calls these non-negotiables. Okay. Uh, and I think that everybody has a good amount of things on their non-negotiables. So, but there's people that do have an extreme list, right? Yeah. A list that is like maybe a little unrealistic. Like if you're maybe too focused on like physical appearance. Mm -hmm. And that should not be a non-negotiable because if somebody's personality and their values like matched to me that a physical attribute is not i think it shouldn't be like not even a little be. bit not a little bit you know i mean there has to be attraction but sometimes attraction like it surpasses physical i do think like right um personally i think that it absolutely does but uh i think like i don't think it's ever good to settle however i also think that with time we tend to change and so there's things that maybe you wanted when you were 20 something that right now like it has evolved into something else right maybe when you were 20 something you know i don't know like i'm trying to think i, I i've changed a lot but i think the the main for me my like my non-negotiables like at least the main one i think is like <laughs> is my ability to grow my ability to be with a partner that like challenges me right in that aspect and gives me space to like figure myself out and you know i always feel like every few years you know like we we learn different things or we discover things about ourselves or we grow that it changes not who we are because i think we're always who we are in our foundation but maybe the things that we believe in the things that we enjoy and you know the if we start healing certain aspects of ourselves you know like those things start to evolve and change and so therefore like the things i may have wanted or were important to me before may not be as important as you know they were 10 years ago yeah i mean i, I think that's why i think we should you know 
like I, I don't think you can like check all the boxes ever you know I don't think that that really happens but I think that there's some I agree with you on the the non-negotiables because those are important what are your um, non-negotiables what are my non-negotiables yeah. I'm sure they've changed but I mean there's at least I think everybody should have at least a good solid maybe three to five non-negotiables about like what you want in a person I think I think um my my non-negotiables is I I can't be with somebody that doesn't have a good heart. I really I, I have to be with somebody who has a good heart because it means so much to How me. How do you determine what a good heart is? I think by acts of kindness. You know, I think that you know, and what I mean by that is like you know, maybe you get in the car, I know this is stupid, but like you get in the car and I'm, you know, I obviously I open the car door for, for you, but I expect <laughs> like, you know, an act of kindness is that you always go out of your way to like, you know, even though my truck is big, but you always find a way to open my car door. Yeah. And that makes a, I, I know it's stupid. It's not stupid. But it's, it's a, it's an act of kindness. I think, um, you know, when it's, when it's late at night and. But those are your non-negotiables? Like, no, oh, I'm just well, saying, saying no. Like this is an act of kindness. Okay, just okay. Ask me you're saying good heart. Good heart. Yeah, ask me too many questions all in one shot. I don't like that. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> good heart. A good heart. Okay. But you, you know, like when you act, you ask me about um, good heart, and I'm responding with you're you right, know you're the right. acts I of forgot kindness, what I right? To determine a good heart. <laughs> like I know this is dumb, but like you go to the kitchen at night and you always refill your water bottle, and you always ask me, "Hey, do I want anything from the kitchen, or do you want me to get you water?" Um, you know, that's an act of kindness. And, you know, I think that nowadays because, you know, marriages end and there's this co-parenting or this, um, not co-parenting, um, what do you call that when you, like, um, you know, the blending, the blending of the families, you can determine quickly what kind of person you're with, you know, by the way that they act around your kids. You know, uh, I don't, and I don't know the statistics. I don't know. If it's like 50, 60% of marriages end up in divorce and whatever have you. But, um, I think that the way the person treats your children, it's really going to say a lot about that person. And I think I can determine that at least for me, that's the way I can determine it. But that's one. So having a good heart, um, I think, uh, you know, this is probably like odd, but like, I don't want to be with somebody that's materialistic. I can't stand that. That to me is like, you're exed, you know, because I've seen it way too often in my life that sometimes you're in that, you know, in the high mountains and you're living the good life. And then sometimes things happen and they take you down and you don't ever want to be like in a valley with somebody that only cares about like materialistic things it'll just drive you insane so i think that that's that's a big one for me um you know i i i think my third i'm not a very picky guy but i think my third thing is going to be um making sure that the person that i'm with you can laugh about things um uh, because myself, at least my personality, I like to like joke a lot. 
you know i would say it's your defense mechanism but yes well i don't I <laughs> but know. yes i know we are we can argue this about it all day long i don't see it as a defense mechanism but you but do you do you i do like to laugh humor. a lot and i like to like you know poke at a lot of things and jab at them and you know i i know that i've been with you in certain times and there's certain things that you know we come out of it you know cracking up about because at the end of the day what can you do about it right right and i think that those are i would think that those would be my three um i guess the fourth one is i do i do kind of want to be with somebody that's attractive i don't know if i can well that you're attracted to yeah yeah because really like that you don't have to be a model but no. no, but that's my point. Like I, like I, I you could be attracted to me, and somebody else might not. So, like, what we determine is attractive. Or some, some kind of good looking, right? <laughs> no, everybody's attraction. Listen, there people. has to be some form of attraction. I don't disagree with that. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying that a physical attribute isn't important. What I'm saying is that I think it should not be a non-negotiable. Like, I don't think it should be something. But you can, for you, it's important, and that's okay too. Personally, mm. that was my thing. Like, I. I do want to feel attraction to the person, but my thing is that my attraction comes from like the depth of that person, getting to know that person. Yeah. And that's why I say like it can evolve or it can. Yeah. And that person can be look, they can look better in your eyes, you know, because of those things that you're attracted to. So I get, I like guess... I've been attracted to a person physically and then got into know the person and, uh, and like that attraction was them. gone. Mm-hmm. It was gone. So like, that's why I'm it. saying like it, to me, the attraction is it's, it's, it develops. Yeah. It definitely yeah, has I get that. Um, So I guess my non-negotiables, they kind of have changed. Um, cause, but, but not really, just kind of maybe evolved a little. Because originally, I think when we first met, I wanted somebody that went to church. <laughs> that was so important for me. Yeah. And, um, and I'm glad that it was at the time a non-negotiable because I wanted to share that with somebody. And I was ready to you know, commit. Um, now I feel like it's more about like developing the spirituality. I mean, we're already married, right? Mm-hmm. And we've been through that back and forth of, you know, like going to church, not going to church, finding a church. And, you know, and there's times when we differ in that, but I, I feel like I need to get better at, you know, creating space for what you need when it comes to your spirituality. Um, because mine is a little bit different now, but I love that we've been able to make it work yeah the the church thing is a is a hot topic probably podcast number 54 <laughs> if we ever get there but i think the we'll the the thing with um with the church is that mm. what, what um you know i guess my awakening to the church um comes in light of like seeing all these what i call cookie cutter churches which they all emulate each other and you know not it's gonna, not there's nothing wrong with that but we're not gonna I talk just, about church uh, we're not gonna talk about church yeah, yeah. going on my non-negotiable so for me podcast 54 podcast that 54. that was definitely one of my non-negotiables yeah. uh when like when i yeah when we started dating and and you came with that so that was great um but it's about changing right like it's about like adapting in your relationships so. right i mean i like i still think that that's there but yeah it just i think so too i think our faith hasn't have wandered i don't I don't really think. I think my faith has gotten stronger. It's just, it's just um, we act upon it a little differently now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my second non-negotiable was definitely uh, somebody who um, had good values, moral values. Yeah. Who um, and you know I, 
you came, you were a family man, you took care of your children, you know, you were financially stable, I guess would be the other yeah. negoti the no non-negotiable that I had. Uh, so I was able to take care of myself and I wanted somebody that could do the same. And uh, I didn't want somebody to take care of me, right? Because I feel like a lot of times people put that as a non-negotiable in there, like, because financial security is important. But like you said, yeah. it could be here today and gone tomorrow. And when we met, we were both kind of yeah. in a, you know, like in a, in a wave of like we had ups and downs. probably not had the best financial situation, but we were both pretty stable even through like, I think that what we were both going through at the time was good to see because we were able to see that we had the capacity to get through difficult times. And yeah. that was for me very like. Um, yeah, that's super important. Like to yeah. be able to overcome obstacles, I and think. we were able to help each other out yeah. through the difficulties we had. So, financial stability, I think, was uh, an important one for me as well. And I think you're something you're scared of, huh? What financial stability? I mean, I'm not because uh, I don't know. I kind of always figured out things. But I mean, it I, could be. I mean, you you know, it's important to you. No, it's important to me to have to find some. It was important to me when I met you to find somebody that was stable because that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I mean, maybe like at some point you were scared of it. Oh, I was extremely scared of that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Originally, I was afraid to meet somebody that was financially stable because I didn't want you were afraid to... of meeting somebody that wasn't. No, that was. Oh, was. Why? It was because I was afraid that that meant that I would be controlled and told what I couldn't. Oh, I get it. Yeah, so I, my dad was the money, the provider at home, and my mom stayed home and watched us. And I just felt like she didn't, like it didn't give her the opportunities to develop herself. That's funny. Right. So I, because I had to flip, so my mom would work and my dad would stay home. Well, my dad was, you know, he was disabled at a young age because of his heart, but you know, I guess, you know, I, I think in going in tune with. And, you know, for your listeners that, that don't know us, we're like the yin and yang. Like, we we're so totally opposite. Are. So, mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, I, I find it, um, I, I find it funny sometimes how we can, you know, even in this, where your dad was the one working and your mom was at home. I did, yeah. I never, mine was the opposite. The fact that my we, mom was working and my dad was I knew home. that and I never made that correlation. Yeah, right? How isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. It really is. But it, but it isn't, it isn't. Because, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because that also, I think, allowed you to not be the type of man that is controlling yeah and so because you had a mother that had that was empowered and she was the one that provided and so i think having that female you know energy at home where she was the one that called the shots gave you like exposure to a different experience that most men don't have yeah i know and, and you know like in my in my professional career um I've always had to battle that stigma because um, being Cuban, Cuban-American, I think there's a stigma that, you know, the men are more controlling, you know, maybe not, not so much now because times have changed, but there's still that stigma. And like when I've run into like, you know, bosses or I've run into like female bosses, um, they always in their mindset, like they think that, you know, like a portion of you, you're like a male chauvinist. And, and when they get to know me, they're like, dude, you're like the polar damn opposite of being like that. Yeah. 
And I always remind people that um, my greatest mentor was uh, was a female director that I worked for. And, you know, most of the bosses that I've had that have been female, I've gotten along. Um, or at least where their femininity is high, you know, I think I feel like they I've gotten along better with them, you know. I yeah, think, I can uh, see that. And I, I don't I, know how to say like women kick ass, but women do kick ass. I, I genuinely like uh, I like working for them. So, well, I guess the last non-negotiable um, that I think I had, and and I've always had it, and I think uh, it's changed in the manner in which I viewed it. Um, but it's somebody that gives me the space to grow. Uh, I think my biggest fear, and I think that to answer the original question of when, let it, come on, Ziki, that when do you, when is it good to settle and when is it bad to settle? Like that, for me, that non-negotiable, like if I feel like a relationship is holding me back, like if I'm with somebody who like restricts my ability to develop myself and get to know myself in different aspects, you know, I feel like that, like, is the end for me like like it's i feel like i'm suffocating mm -hmm. and i had experienced that in the past in a different way and i didn't really understand it and i think that when i started the relationship with you and was married we were married is when i really started to like experience how you could still be your own person right and be in a relationship with somebody because i i made a lot of choices where I started like holding myself back, my own growth, um, but not because you prevented it, or like it was just me in my mind because I didn't know what it was like to be married. I like I was trying to, I had created this idea in my head of what I was supposed to do or what I needed to do, and so therefore I like I started playing a role, and I didn't realize that all I was doing was like suffocating myself, and obviously through all the things that I've done and the healing, I feel like. I've been able to see how like that could have also stopped, like it could have created a, a relationship to like become stuck. I wouldn't have started to do all this work and seeing all these things. Like I could have been a little bit overbearing, right? A little bit more, maybe restricting, even though I'm always pushing you to grow and stuff. Like I felt like I was the one that was a little bit maybe controlling for a good part of the relationship. And so knowing how you gave me freedom and space and how, good it is to experience that in a relationship and in a marriage like made me realize wow I could I could totally stay married <laughs> forever <laughs> which was a big fear of mine which is why it took me so long to get married because I thought that I would lose myself and even though I I think I went through moments where I did lose myself or I lost parts of myself or I stopped growing um like when I realized it, when I started doing the changes, like having your support and having like that, that space to be, you know, yeah. like it's been invaluable to me. And so for sure, like these are like these non-negotiables of mine, even though like that's not exactly maybe how I saw them all. Most of them, yes, but not all of them at the very beginning. It makes me feel like, you know, those were so important for me. Like I can't, obviously I can't say everybody's going to have the same non-negotiables but i think that you have to determine what those are and how they reflect what you want in a partner right because if you if you find yourself settling for your non-negotiables then that's when it's bad 
Yeah. But if you have a list of like, I don't know, I'm pretty sure you wanted an organized wife. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. I'm not saying that that was a thing, but like, like you're a very organized person and I am not. You know, I have ADD and so I can be very disorganized and um, like I'm pretty sure that was something that could have seemed important but if you would have if that would have been a non-negotiable then we would have missed out on this relationship right i'm pretty sure that maybe i don't know let's see something that i may have wanted like there's times when like yeah like all this stuff that i love to do i wish that you were more like like engaged about it right but that's it doesn't that's not something that you know you don't it's care. not me it's not you no. right and so if that would have been one of my non-negotiables, I would have missed out on discovering that a relationship that isn't like two people exactly the same and, you know, that we can balance each other out, that we can create that space for each other, that I can grow. Like, I feel like this has been like the most growth I've ever had, you know, um, in a relationship. This is the longest relationship I've had, a, a marriage, you know, and so a, a blended family. We, we've defeated like a lot of things we've over we've overcome a lot of obstacles in our relationship and our marriage i i want to say that i think in time you learn not to lose yourself because i think it's i think you know i think you're always going to get to a point no matter how aware you are of it that you lose yourself a little bit um i think what i've been able to do over the years is learn how to identify when that happens and then i don't want to say i state my ground because i don't i don't kind of do that but i think that's where you have to say you know to your partner like hey these are things that are happening and i want to do everything in my power so that i don't and that your partner has the ability to give you the space so you don't lose yourself because it's not so much that you don't want to do certain things you know it's not like so much I don't want to do this kind of stuff that we're doing now. Or it just doesn't interest you. It like, just, it interests uh, me. No. Um, and it's you okay. You do open yourself. You've stuff that, yeah, you know. But I've, but, I've, but I've, you know, I've come to the realization over the years and, you know, where, you know, through educating, therapy, and other sources, resources, that you find a way to, like, you know, create a space for you to flourish and give your partner one because you don't want to be overbearing. I don't want to be overbearing. I don't need to know what you're doing 24 seven. That you drive, drive me insane. Um, but I think that there's, there's that balance. And then there, you have to create that uh, apparent of like, I don't want to lose myself. Oh, I have another um, non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I know. I'm, and I that, got some stuff on your non-negotiable. I feel like I like, you have stuff on my non-negotiable. What do you mean? Yeah, because I think like I had I didn't have like the finance and. Um, you did have. You were fin- you were stable. No, 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 no. I know, but I'm saying I didn't put that as one of my non-negotiables. You know, because I think that there's certain things, or like organization. I think there's certain things. Right, that but that's what I'm saying. Like, if I- you if you create like a process of certain things, like you're never gonna get the person to be just like you. Because I've been in relationships where the person is as organized as me and you don't want to create like a hospital environment. Like that's not what you want, <laughs> you know, or you want it to be a little or a museum, right? Yeah, that's that's how I thought it, you lived when yeah, I met you. Probably. I thought I had entered a... I go, but you do, you do want to create, you want to create 
an opportunity for the person to be um, to be able to like express themselves and for you to be able to do the things that you want to do. And this goes for both sides, right? Um, it's just not one, but it's just like the finance or the organization. But that, um, I didn't say that those are non-negotiables. I said that sometimes, because I feel well, like... that's not on your non-negotiable list? What? you did say. What? Finance? And, uh, and no. organization. No, that was not on my no, non-negotiable. No, no, okay, okay. But I said financially stable. I wanted somebody that could take care of themselves. Oh, okay, right? for themselves. That I knew right, that right, they right, could right. take care of themselves, like... Yeah. In, in a, from a financial perspective, because I had already proven that I could do that for to myself. To do yourself, okay. Right? I didn't right, need right, anybody right. to take care of me, but I also didn't want to take care yeah, of anybody. Yeah, I, I wanted it. to know, but I I also know that if that I could take care of somebody if I needed to. Yeah. But I just wanted to know that the person could take care of themselves. Yeah. So that like that, like hey, we could both take care of ourselves individually. Now let's bring that together. That's right. what I wanted. Okay. Cool. Um, but I I do have another non-negotiable, which is trust which I feel like it was something that I myself like struggled with personally, right? I had a hard time trusting myself. I made a lot of decisions in the past that made me um, create distrust in me as a person and therefore made it harder to trust others. So um, naturally, you know, I, I would end up not trusting anybody. Yeah. And so I think that that is definitely something that... Um, I think is important and and it's non-negotiable to have that, you know, transparency in a relationship where you know that, hey, you could trust each other, you know, fully. And that's something that I feel like it does. Like it, it's either established sometimes. And I think in most relationships, things happen that, you know what, like it kind of maybe, you know, shakes it up a little bit and then you have to reestablish it, develop it, grow it because we're talking about two different human beings here and, and most relationships i feel at one point or another somebody either hides something like and it could be something insignificant it doesn't have to be anything big right but those things create opportunities to say okay like this is something we need to focus on we need to see and we need to work on to continue to develop the trust and i think having somebody that's open to doing those things saying being able to see themselves and be like okay you know what i, I you're right i'm wrong or I did whatever, and, and being able to like say I'm going to work on this and actively do it, I think that's important because when you trust somebody, then you're able to be more open and vulnerable in yeah. a relationship, and that's something that I feel like maybe I didn't know how to like look for that because it's hard to see that at the very beginning. Like you meet people, and you know we we came with you know the baggage of you know like we had. I don't want to say our children were baggage, but yeah, like we came with baggage. No matter which way you painted that, that is, we came with, th with things that were broken and we were trying to put broken pieces together and it was not easy. It wasn't easy. Yeah, I think trust, was... trust, I look at it in a, in, in a different, um, different light because at, at least in, in some of the relationships I've been in, the, the trust I think sometimes is also um, insecurities. And I think that sometimes people confuse trust for insecurities. How? Like somebody can be explain that one to me. Somebody can be insecure about themselves, so then in their mind, it's a trust issue. And mm. then you you kind of like blow it up, and you think to yourself, um, you know, like, no, that person is uh, cheating on me, or this person's doing this, or they're doing that, and maybe that person's not doing anything. Right. And and I and. I'm all about the trust part. I really am. I, I think it's important. It's super important. Right, but what? But 
know. Yes, I think insecurities get triggered, right? Yeah. When you can carry insecurities into your new relationship. Absolutely, especially I think if we all do, right? Like at some point, yeah. I think we all carry some insecurities into our new relationship. Yeah, anything that you don't right. work on and heal it, it you're definitely going to carry it on until so you me, actually. So me personally, the I don't know. I don't. I don't. Uh, I know you tell me this all the time because you're like, oh, um, like you don't have an issue with trust. And I, I don't, yeah, no, I don't, yeah. but I've never given you, I've, a, I've never given you a reason yeah, too. Yeah, you do, you, you do a good job of that. And man, I don't know if you're hiding it, I don't know if you hide it well, but you definitely, definitely are really good at like, like managing I, that emotion if it. That yeah. particular emotion is like, like, it's not a, well, I don't know if trust is an emotion, but I guess it might be, but I just look at trust as like, like I think to myself, like, dude, if you really want to cheat, you can cheat and the person will know, you know, and it's like, if I got to spend time worrying about that, that's just the way what I think about it in my head, right? right. But, you, but you're saying right. trust, like if, like it just goes like, cheating is okay, something that you trust gets broken, but that's not only, no, no, that's no, not yeah, the yeah, only yeah, thing. Right. Like there's little things that I think sometimes we keep from each other in relationships, yeah. right? Because we're afraid to be seen or we're afraid to like, you know, have to deal with what that other person may bring if we bring it to them, right? Yeah. Those are the things that I feel like end up either building more trust or breaking it to where there's a, like, you know, a crack in the foundation of, yeah. you're not, you're not building on the, you know like you're not building a strong foundation of trust if you're like when you lie about little things yeah. so it cheating is like a big thing right and i feel like sometimes that's what most people always focus on because that's that's a non-negotiable i feel like I most people say oh if i get cheated on i'm leaving I, I i've always been very like yeah i say that right but honestly i don't know i don't know because i like and that's not an invitation. I'm getting like to say, no, test no, me. Don't, don't all right, don't test me. No, no, but what I'm trying to say is that the reality and the truth of it is right. that even though I say that, right, oh, as a way of forewarning uh, a partner, right, in the past and in this relationship, if you cheat on me, that's it, it's over. Yeah. You know, and I will find out because I'm a master investigator. <laughs> However, uh, I don't, that the reality of it is that I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do because I think maybe I would want to dig in as to what, like, what could I have done differently? Because I do think that there's two parts of every relationship, right? And I think that if you weren't communicating to me, then did I provide you the space to be able to communicate openly with me that then caused you to then find yourself in a situation that pulled you away from me? Because I think we have really good communication. Yeah. So I feel like if I see myself doing something that could possibly take me down that route. And I know that route because I've been down that route in the past. If I find myself going down that route, I have options. I can come to you and be like, hey, this is happening, right? This is happening and uh, I don't know why it's happening, but something needs to be fixed here. And so I think that having that space, right, is so important of being able to say, I'm coming to you with the darkest things that exist within me right and the fears and the things that i'm doing that i find myself doing or thinking about that are pulling me away from this relationship because that's literally how it happens and i feel like if you provide that space for me and i'm able to provide that space for you and then it happens then it's either you didn't somebody didn't give a crap 
or there's something deeper. I don't know. And I always want to investigate. I want to know because yeah. especially in this, I feel in our relationship, because it's been the one where I have been able to be as open well, as I have. I've been able to bring you everything. Right. Like, like if I mess up on something or I do something that I found myself, like I could say, I could say here, like, you know, I, I opened up a bank account and I was like hiding it. And it, and it wasn't, I can't, you've never controlled my money. Like never, none of that. Right. But it was like this thing of like, or maybe I think subconsciously it was a part of me that wanted to stay with me. Like this is, this is mine. Right. And, and I had never shared anything fully with anyone. I had never had a bank account, joint bank account. I'd never experienced this. And so, but I came to you and I told you because I was like, I felt this like sense of like, I don't want to lie to you. And you know, whenever like things have happened, I bring them to you. And I feel that you've never like, you've never gotten angry, like with me or like, you never made me feel bad. Or when I racked up debt, (laughs) like, you know, I brought it to you. And I feel that like, I want to think that if I'm ever in a place where I find myself doing something that is pulling me away from our relationship, from like, you know, growing closer, from anything to do that is going to like take me away from that, that I'm going to be able to bring that to you. And I've been able to do that. And so I I want to know that, that it's the same. So that's why I say like, as much as like, yeah, cheating is like, to me, like, damn. Yeah, it's not just the cheating part. It's other. Right. It's, it's just trust. It's just trust. Trusting. Like, if, I think that if you can trust somebody with the darkest things that exist within you, then is your thing, I think your thing turned off. It's not green, right? No. Okay. I'm going to pause. So I think that that's probably the, the hardest thing for me. Is to just be able to communicate everything, even though, because sometimes I think things are just like irrelevant. And then, because I don't even like, I don't like ponder on those things. Like, like there's so many things that I'm, that I'm running through, you know, my, my everyday life is not, um, I wouldn't say my everyday life is a simple one. I just think that I deal with just so much um, stuff on a day in, day out that it's hard for me to like, you know, come back and tell you, hey, I'm, you know, let's say I'm on a diet. Hey, yeah, I did stop by the McDonald's <laughs> and I got a Sunday. You know, that's hard because I'm like, you know, when you ask me, hey, have you been following your diet? Yeah, I've been following my diet. See, and that's- but maybe I had that lapse, that momentary lapse right. where I went to McDonald's and had a Sunday. I don't know. I'm just saying that I think it's hard to like, you know, I think it's, it's just hard sometimes because then I really like, I think I just like there's moments where I just kind of like forget about things and like I think back and I go oh crap no wait a second I did go and I did get a Sunday and then your frustration sometimes I know is not so much a Sunday but it's like well, why didn't you tell me and I'm like yeah, it's not a big deal and it's then not. we get into that discussion right and and right? it's and it's not a big deal but the problem is that I always say that like how you do the little things is how you do the big things. And so my, yeah. and I like, my thing is like, like, okay, if you forgot, you forgot. Right. But if yeah. you purposely leave out, you know, something like that, it's like, what are you afraid of? Like, what are you afraid that I'm going to like tell you all? Oh, I can't believe you did. You know, you failed. Like, I'm, I don't do that. And so you, by keeping things like that, as that's why I say as insignificant as it is, you don't allow me the space to like, how would I react? So like, how would I, 
you know, support you in that sense. So it's almost like I'm, you're impeding me from developing a part of myself by not bringing me into like, damn it, you screwed up, right? Well, what's, wor what's worse is like that you forget to tell or, I mean, you know, like listen. you mentioned earlier, you opened up a bank account, right? And I didn't. I didn't forget. I purposely I, held that. I, you I held it. Purposely. I didn't forget so to tell you that. Worse? So what's worse? So what's worse? Purposely held it. Just, I you think. Just kind of forget. Like if, you, like again, if you forget to mention that you had a Sunday, fine. No, if, I mean the Sunday. Like, right, we're like, just talking about Sunday. But if yeah. you then, like, if I ask if you had a Sunday, and then you choose to lie about it, then it's different. Yeah. If you would have discovered that I had a bank account, right? Opening up that bank account and keeping it from you was wrong. Absolutely, yeah. right? So that was me doing something that could have potentially created a big dent in the trust you had for me. Or what would have been the reaction I would have had would have been like I didn't I didn't think it was insignificant. I didn't I really didn't think I'm like, yo, you did it. Like what are you gonna do? You about didn't it? have a bad reaction. No, I know. You but actually saying... didn't have a bad reaction at all. I was like no. I was so like I was so confused because I, I was rather like... <laughs> I think it goes back to the what I was telling you that that sometimes at least for me, um I don't like I don't dwell on a lot of things. Right. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, I've been with somebody that opened up several bank accounts and I think that, you know, at the end when at the end when you find out that those things happen it's like, what do you, like, you know, I think my reaction, I mean, it wasn't the same, but it was like similar because it was like, all right, now what are we going to do to fix it? You know, and not that you got into debt or anything, but. I did do that too. Oh, the beginning of, did yeah, I did that too. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, but even if you got but into the debt, difference, like, the difference is like, again, this is my first marriage. This is the first relationship where i have uh like joined finances like where we became one yeah. right i'd never experienced that before i never allowed myself to share money with somebody right? right i had no problem helping somebody out giving money to people i had no problem doing that but it was like we're not mixing our money like it's my money yeah it's i your remember money. that, that was so a, i was I, it, took was me, it took me a long time i did not want to have a joint bank account even, yeah even after we got married and so like the truth is that I think it, it's for me the difference in like the things I was experiencing is that in the past I would hide a lot of the things that I would do, right? I would not even even when I was confronted with the information, I would deny. I would deny things, right? And I think that that created a big distrust in myself. And so entering this relationship, even before I entered this relationship, I had said I need to. I want to do things differently because I need I need to grow. I I I want to be the person that I want like that I expect the person that I want to meet to be. Like I don't want to go into a relationship wanting the person to be something that I'm not willing to step up to and do myself. And if I wanted somebody that I could trust, then I needed to be somebody that was trustworthy. Right. And so when I entered this relationship, I entered it very um I laid all my cards on the table and I was very honest and I was honest about things that I had been judged for in the past. And so every time that I did something that could have potentially created a distrust, right? Instead of continuing to hide it, I allowed myself to bring it to you. And to me, that was a stepping stone. Was it was the first action of doing something and hiding it from you wrong? Absolutely. Um, and no way am I saying because I brought it to you that, that what I did originally was right. It's not. And that's why I say like, it. it could are there things that sometimes we do that we forget to share because we feel like it's like 
silly or we just literally aren't thinking about it? Of course. But are there things that when we're asked, we then choose to say not disclose the information and choose to keep it to ourselves? Yeah. And I think that, like, personally, I think we've gotten much better at it. Do we still need work? Absolutely. But I think that that's something that's more common in relationships that I think it's important from both sides, right? If you want trust, then you need to be a person that the person you're with can like trust you with whatever they're bringing to you. Because if you're, if I came to you the first time with, oh my God, like, you know, I went on a lot of shopping sprees and <laughs> I racked up all this debt, right? And if you would have, I don't know, maybe exploded or like been so angry at me or made me feel ashamed like i think i would have probably been more hesitant to bring you something else but it was that space that you gave me of i can bring you anything you know and it wasn't like that you said oh like it was all okay no i mean we had a, a few arguments and you were you were disappointed but you didn't make me feel ashamed about what i had done you you tried to receive it from a perspective that was understanding to the fact that i did struggle a lot in you know, first bringing our stuff together and like feeling like I wasn't able to just, you know, be my own person, you know, like I, I mentally I struggled with it, not because I wasn't able to, or because you didn't allow me to, but because I just struggled with the idea of like, now everything is shared and like, uh, and I think, I think sometimes what, what we, we talk about when, you know, sometimes jokingly and then not jokingly about growth, I think that, mm -hmm. To me, I've been able to grow and I, you, you know, like listening to you say the things you're saying and my reaction to them is growth for me because maybe in the past I would have like um, acted differently. And now, you know, it's more of a, like, you know, we all make mistakes and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it was coming. It comes from a bad spot. I think that when. Stuff like that happens repeatedly over and over again. Then you could say that's coming from a bad spot, right? That's like coming from a dark place. No, um, but, but no, but but the reality I mean, of it is, uh, is that you know, me growing, I've been able to understand that you know, you you know, regardless if you opened that account or whatever you did, you made a mistake. You know, it wasn't or, a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. But it was, a, it was, it was like, a legit choice. But my point is that yeah. like. Like well, you, the mistake was in not telling, right? Like not the mistake, telling. I mean, or, I uh, like before I would have it. opened it and told you that you probably would have been like, well, you don't need another account. Like that would have been probably the thing. But right. I purposely opened it to have my own money. To, you know, so originally, originally the idea, the first idea was, oh, I want to surprise him with something, right? It was yeah. when I bought you the jacuzzi, and I was like, if I open, if I buy from my account, he's gonna know. And yeah. at that time, I had no actual credit cards because remember we had done the no credit card things, yeah. which is a whole other topic, right? Um, but the okay the thing is that i think that the the part that makes this like where maybe people need to change their perspective on how they approach things like this when things like this happen in their relationships is that uh trying to figure out like yeah what i did was wrong right but there's a deeper rooted reason as to why i did it and you gave me the space to figure that out you know, maybe at that time you didn't really like know that you just thought, oh, she screwed up, right? Like <laughs> she screwed up and you gave me the space to forgive me, 
right? The space to just say, okay, like we'll figure this out. And we figured it out. And again, it's not like you were just like nonchalant about it, but it wasn't like World War Three. It wasn't the end. Like I had envisioned in my mind that it was going to be like right, but that's what I'm, something that, horrible. I, but my point is that like a lot of times the reason we do things, like the reason I hid, I, I felt the need to do something hidden was because that was something that I did in a lot of my relationships, right? And usually it's when I would start to lose parts of myself. Like I found a pattern, right? Yeah. And instead of doing what I had done in the past, right? Like going a different route, I did it with, finances why because for the first time we're finance like i had i had joint account and i felt like i was being controlled even though you weren't controlling me right because you always gave me my you've always given me my space and like you've never really told me oh you can't buy that you can't buy that but you would print out a damn budget and, and that budget made me feel like you were telling me what i could and couldn't like how much i could spend and how much i couldn't and it felt like something like was being taken from me even though it was just structure that I just was not accustomed to. Yeah. So that action created, triggered something in me and re made me repeat a pattern in a different way than I had in the past. In the past, I would have done something different, maybe worse, right? But in this case, I went to, okay, finances. And a, a part of me was trying to like escape and keep that part of myself, my own identity, something that was only mine and it wasn't yours and you had no idea about it. And And so my point is that, by you not push, right and me just feeling ashamed and guilt over what i had done i you gave me space in our relationship and as an individual to figure out why i was doing what i was doing you know because then okay then obviously they'll say those are the the debt and then i did it again with the bank account and so like there's different parts of myself that has subconsciously tried to you know come out by doing things where I'm repeating a pattern. Yeah, I had in and the I, past. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I'm just saying that what I'm just trying to reiterate is that I could see the growth in me because I was able right. to handle it different. That that's all. That's all I'm I'm trying to you know communicate is that I was able to handle it different, not not like you know overreact or. So you're saying or, that in the past, that's how you. Yeah, maybe in the past I would have done that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So I mean. The original question, we're going to start wrapping this up because I could go on forever. Yep. <laughs> but my wonderful dear husband has a time limit. And so uh, let's see. Um, the question was, when is settling considered good and when is it bad? And I think that we did answer that question. But like, and I think I answered it at the very beginning of, you know, you should have non-negotiables. And it's, you know, it's okay to have a list of other things that are important in a relationship, but your non-negotiables, you shouldn't settle. Like you should not set on a relationship if you have non-negotiables and you feel the person isn't meeting them. And even though people can grow into meeting those non-negotiables, like don't settle on the idea that somebody's going to meet them. Like make sure they have them. That foundation is important and it shouldn't be this long ass list. It should be a list of important, you know, things that create the foundation of a relationship of a person. And, you know, and when is it good to settle? Like if they don't meet, you know, your, I don't know, physical attributes, like uh, whatever, like whatever it is that, you know, is maybe more superficial than, you know, important in a person. Or, or I think it's important too to give yourself the time to find out what's important to you. And that if that person is actually, you know, because I think sometimes like, you know, I think I have friends that would, 
you know, they don't want to settle, you know, or that they're constantly moving and they're not, they're not looking at like giving themselves the opportunity to get to know the person. And cause you know, like, I think sometimes it's like, you don't know the person in 30 days. You might not know them in 60 days. Um, it might take you a year or two. Um, but you got to get to know the person. Hmm. You got to get to know the person. You can get to know like the foundation or like the, like there, yeah, there's things you don't know because. I'm, again, I'm just saying you might not learn. <laughs> you might not get to know them. You'd be surprised. You know, like uh, I, I think, you, you know, like I think you just need to give yourself time. I'm not going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say like a certain amount of time, but just give yourself time um, to get to know the person. Um, before you either not settle or settle. Okay, but you or still haven't answered the question. When is it okay to settle and when is it not? When is it okay to settle? Um, I think when they, when when you go through that that list and they hit the most important items on the list, so the non I think it's okay um, to, to settle, you know. Um, but I mean, like, I think, like, labeling settle it sounds negative. It's negative, yeah. Right, so. but the thing is that sometimes people have like like a lot of things that they want in a relationship. Yeah. So I think, you know, people have this, you know, habit of telling people, don't settle. You deserve the best, right? And so yeah. if if my list is like ten pages long and on there is like the most ridiculous things that anybody yeah. could think of, oh I'm not I'm never not only am I never gonna settle, I'm never gonna find this person because I'm looking for something that probably doesn't exist. Well so, you can self sabotage, right? Too, right? Because you you create such a um, list of items, you know, that you're like, you self-sabotage yourself too, because sometimes you can also think about it. But I, I don't, look, I, I think it's it's relative um, to your, to what you're looking for in a person. I think it's relative to, um, it's relative to what you're trying to find in a relationship. And I think that, that sometimes, you know, you got to make sure that you do have a list. I think in, I, I learned this in therapy, you do have to have some kind of like, you know, um, list of what you're looking for in your partner. And, you know, there's certain things that are so important to you that you should not, you should not settle. But if they check some of the items that you want that really make a big difference to you, I think that that's, that's when it's time. When it's time to think about like taking this to maybe the next step. The next step doesn't mean it have to be marriage. It could be, you know, a more intimate relationship, a more, um, more solid foundation to your relationship. Um, so there are many aspects of it, you know, before you commit to the, to the, to getting married, you know. Okay. But, well, thank you for being my first official guest. Yeah. I awesome. actually enjoyed this very much. Awesome. I could probably keep going all night. Probably. I know. I know you can. No problem. I know you can. Okay. Uh, and thank you all for joining us. Uh, well, I'll see you next Tuesday. Hopefully with another guest. Who knows? Maybe I'll bring this guy back. Maybe. He kind of lives see. here. So, you know. All right. Have a good night. See you next Tuesday. Love you, Love you too.